Cook saying congratulations to all the youth that participate each year. Community is the heart of First Federal. First Federal Bank and Trust, a true community bank, investing and giving back to our community for over 85 years. Member FDIC. Have you heard? Sheridan's own Vacutech is growing and they're hiring powder coders, machine operators, welders, and more. With great opportunities for advancement, working at Vacutech is much more than just a job, it's a career. Vacutech offers outstanding benefits, including comprehensive health, dental and vision coverage, matching 401k, paid time off, and relocation assistance. Not to mention top-notch compensation. For more information and to apply, visit Vacutech's Open Opportunities page on their website at vacutechllc.com. The Sheridan Farmer's Market is back for another great season on Grinnell Plaza with local produce, meat, eggs, coffee, baked goods, and outstanding locally handcrafted items. Every Thursday, 5 to 7 p.m., you can find the best our hardworking local producers have to offer. Special thanks to our season sponsor, First Federal Bank and Trust. See you Thursday on Grinnell Plaza at the Sheridan Farmer's Market. And remember, please leave your pets at home. Hi, this is Elizabeth. And JT with EBA Hearing and Sound. Hearing well is living well, and we're here to help. Not only are we able to provide premier hearing aid technology with Bluetooth and AI, but we can address the environment in which you are hearing. Our sound consultation services tailor solutions to fit your needs. Whether at work, at church, or at home, if you're struggling to hear, we can help. Call EBA Hearing and Sound today, 674-8920. That's 674-8920. If you want to know what's going on in Northeast Wyoming, you need Sheridan Media News. And Sheridan Media has the most news people of any radio station in the state. It's the most awarded news team in the state of Wyoming. In fact, Sheridan Media News won every large market news award from the Wyoming Association of Broadcasters. With Sheridan Media News, you can count on award-winning news. Sheridan Media. We do news. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by Elias and Financial. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Good morning and welcome to the Pulse. Now, according to Dementia, Wyoming, 9,400 people are currently living with Alzheimer's disease in the Cowboy State. This does not include those living with other types of dementia. 28,000 unpaid caregivers are supporting those living with Alzheimer's, and this number is decreasing drastically, creating a greater need for our involvement, community involvement. By 2025, 13,000 people will have Alzheimer's disease, a 39% increase, and the ninth highest in the U.S. 70% of all those living with dementia continue to live within the community, not within an institution. And one in seven of those lives alone. In Sheridan, almost 25% of the population will be 65 years or older by 2025. Joining me this morning to talk about what we can do locally regarding dementia and care is the Hub-on-Smith educator, Heather Comstock. Good morning, Heather. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on the show this morning. Such 
an important issue, uh, one that uh, we don't, I feel, we don't address enough within the healthcare industry. Um, I, I couldn't imagine having to live with something like this. Uh, it seems, uh, as we were discussing before the show, something that you work against is that seeming hopelessness that uh, people can, can start to feel as they're either diagnosed with this or start to experience it. Um, many people have heard of Alzheimer's disease, but there are also other causes of dementia. Uh, what are those? And, and I know we probably don't know all of them, but... Well, there's a lot of ways to roam. So when someone's experiencing dementia, I also call it brain change. There's a lot of factors that can happen, right? Uh, what, did, what happened in that person's life? Did they have a, a history of alcohol use? Did they have a history of drug use? Is it in, you know, in the family? Is it in their genes? There's so many ways that a person gets to you know, a, a health crisis. And I want to back up real quick and say thank you to all of the healthcare practitioners Absolutely. That, are, that are supporting us. It's overwhelming, I, I think, especially as the generation, the, the baby boomer generation comes on tap. And I want to acknowledge that while we cannot cure this condition, there's a whole lot we can do to increase quality of life through education and awareness and skill building. And that was that fighting against that hopelessness that we were talking about before the show. Right. Um, because I, I sometimes, and, and that was my fault, because th- to me, uh, if, if, if something like this were to happen to me, I, that's the feeling I would get, um, like an impending doom almost. And, and that's not the way that we should go forward, is it? Uh, I mean, obviously not, but, I mean, building on that. Well, I want to acknowledge your thoughts there, Floyd. Of course you're going to feel overwhelmed. Of course you're going to have this feeling of doom. I mean, there's, there's statistics, right, and they're wide-ranging, so I want to be general about it. 50% of the people going through this have an awareness, and 50% of the people don't. So let's imagine you do know something's happening. Maybe you're having lapses with time. Maybe you're having t- trouble going through a sequential task, something as simple as making a meal, um, and you're aware of it. That's pretty frightening. Now, let's pretend for a second you don't know anything's going on, and everyone else around you is acting as if you're not competent any longer, and you can't do things for yourself. So it's a catch-22, really. Yeah, yeah. So I want to acknowledge that, of course, on the very front end, it's confusing, and and when you're confused, you're scared, or you're going to freeze, or you're going to... I mean, everybody has a different coping mechanism. I think that's what's really important is to put this into context. Historically... This type of situation, you know, the history of it is people were treated a certain way. Maybe previously they were, you know, put into insane asylums or, you know, mental hospitals. We're not there right now. The the way we're dealing with things has changed. And so we have a built-in, baked-in stigma about if you suspect something is happening, how do you go about it? What do you do next? I think one of the most important things to encourage is seek help, whether it's your medical tra- practitioner or your family or someone you trust, the, the most important thing we need to do is to start talking about it because we have to start looking at strategies for uh, really getting in front of something that could be potentially life-changing. So, I mean, there's a lot of people living alone with this condition, and we do workarounds. Um, you know, if they can't drive, they take Goose Creek, and they come to the hub. Um, they do exercises with Lisa in the activities department at the hub. They take meals with us. They have meals delivered. 
the idea that you can live on your own with early state dementia, I mean, this is something that's becoming more normalized. Is it perfect? No. Is it doable? Yes. Will things change? Yes. That's why we have to get to know the person and the family and their support system well enough to continually adjust to where they are and continually adjust to the transitions that will continue to take place. And I'm glad you brought up the stigma because there is a stigma that revolves around this. Let's let's take a, a, a situation where maybe we know someone who's, who's starting to exhibit signs of this and, and, and as, as opposed to gather as a family or, or, or gather as a group of friends and talk about this, it, it, it's almost uncomfortable, isn't it? Um, it? It's like walking on eggshells. How do we address what's happening with grandpa? How do we, how do we even talk about this? And, and I've, I've just noticed that uh, 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 friends of mine who, who have had to deal with this within their lives it just seems like no one wants to gather around them and talk about it. Uh, not not so much ignore it, and they're not, uh, uh, you know, treating them badly. They just don't know what the heck to do. Um, and I think that's probably one of the toughest situations when you need knowledge and you don't even know where to seek it. Um, and so that stigma that exists around, well, now what the heck do we do? Um, and you feel bad. Uh, it's It's... A worry, a concern, especially if it's something hereditary, uh, which, correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of these are, right? There is a percentage that can come through, you know, family genetics. What I want to speak to, Floyd, is, um, you know, I always think about when you're growing up, you know, you're with your grandparents or your parents and you hear these phrases, right? One of the phrases that comes up in this conversation is steer into the skid. It is an awkward conversation. It is a hard conversation. It will probably not go well initially, but it is not that we should not have it. And I, I want to just speak to the fact that if it was easy, we wouldn't still be in, a, in the land of stigma. A lot of the problem is positioned in the idea that we're not sure if there's a mental health issue going or if there's a physical issue. Many times when people are starting this journey, they've been creeping into it for years and years, and, and no one really has the full picture. Yeah, yeah. Maybe there's a catastrophic event. Maybe there's a financial scam that's take place, taken place. Maybe they, they've had a real serious illness that's put them into the hospital, and now the transitional care back to, into community is starting to notice, oh, this house is really it's full of stuff this person has been hoarding, or this fridge is full of really moldy food. It's really we start to see these things at some sort of breaking point. And what I'll say is it's really important to get to know the person. I mean, as family or as the person that wants to have a conversation with the person that might be exhibiting change, we have to really reverse engineer how this conversation is going to go. Myself, even as a practitioner, I often do not say that I'm a person that works with people living with dementia. I'll sometimes say I'm an aging specialist or I'm I'm a person who just does communication with the hub. I have to pay a lot of attention to what wording is acceptable. A person will eventually back into their own conversation with me and tell me they have memory challenges. Yeah. And I just have to, I have to be very gentle and I have to be willing to listen hard enough to enter the conversation in such a way that it doesn't embarrass or really just get, put them in a position where they don't want to accept help. And, and that's why I say this is gradual. These conversations don't often happen 
and one setting. They happen over a series of time. And the way we offer help has to really be suited to that person's timetable. And that is, again, something that uh, I, I didn't really consider. But if I was in this situation, I, I, I would probably behave the same way, almost like a shock. You know, oh, my goodness, this isn't happening to me, especially that percentage that you were talking about that doesn't understand that this is occurring. They're not aware that this is happening to them. That has got to be one of the toughest situations. Well, I think about it all the time. Um, You know, one thing we don't talk a lot about this condition is there's so much more going on. And that's why I say, uh, are we listening hard enough? Because the information is always there. And if it's your loved one, I want to acknowledge it is painful. It breaks you in ways you didn't even know you could be broken. But if we listen, there is definitely um, a trail of evidence. So as an example, something that people don't often know is that when you're exhibiting brain change, you are also most likely exhibit, uh, having some auditory hallucinations or some visual hallucinations or even smelling. Your, your olfactory senses will be off. Um, your depth perception might be off. It is. It has to be one of the scariest experiences, A, if you know it's happening, and again, B, if you don't. Why is that possible? Well, when the brain is under attack, it's, it's impossible for us to know which part of the brain is actually under the most burden. One thing I want to state really quickly is that something that a lot of us don't understand is that when a person is experiencing brain change, they are working so hard to navigate in the real world every day that they are getting tired earlier in the day. There is a phrase that goes around, and I am not a fan of it. I'm going to be careful how I say this. I am not a fan of the term sundowners. I prefer us to really contextualize this as a person is tired. They have worked hard all day long. Their brain is trying to take in all this data. And by 2 or 3 p.m., they're tired, just like we get tired at the end of the day. There's another piece of this, which is when your brain is under so much stress, you're actually under a quite a bit of um, pressure. So your stress threshold is going to be lowered. So there is a likelihood that you're going to, at some point during the day, you know, get tired, maybe have an outburst. Become frustrated. Absolutely. Yes. And yeah. I, I mean, I do that. Do you do that? Yes, ma'am. Exactly. So imagine now you haven't eaten or you haven't slept well because your sleeping cycle is all messed up. Um, we add these stressors in, and I think there's, there's understandably a lot of confusion about why people are acting the way they're acting. But when we really stop and layer these pieces in, it starts to make quite a bit more sense to us on the outside. And, you know, if, if somebody out there who's listening is thinking, my goodness, this could be either happening to me or my loved one or maybe my friend Joe down the street. Uh, what are some signs, and I know a lot of this is probably very general, but uh, what are some signs of oncoming dementia? Uh, tired earlier in, in the day. Well, thank you for asking that. So I've had a chance to listen and to talk to quite a few people in early stages of their change. So a couple things will be communication. I mean, when communication is going sideways, and you've been in a marriage for, you know, 20, 30, 40 years and everything's been okay and suddenly your par- your your partner is acting differently or or renegotiating long-standing, you know, arrangements. That's a sign. I mean, 
usually communication doesn't go that sideways that fast without there being a reason. Um, you know, inability to just show up at appointments or really being confused about the calendar. Now, I want to admit, with COVID and everything that's happened to us, I have trouble with time. Oh, so do I. Yeah. Right. So, um, and I also want to just state, more than anything, please talk to your medical practitioner and, and, and get to a specialist who can hopefully rule out dementia, rule out brain change. Maybe there's something else at play that could be corrected or looked at. I would say it's very important to, to acknowledge that it's hard to know if something's actually happening because there's this fluctuating ability, right? Sometimes with certain types of brain change, you can do things, and, and then the next day you can't. Maybe there's something as simple as you've got an, a, a new microwave. The microwave you could use it one day because someone showed you, but the next day you can't remember how to use it. Or say a Keurig coffee machine. So you have fluctuating ability shows up, like, why can't I do this? And then, you know, again, fluctuating awareness. Some days you're aware of your deficiencies or you're aware of the things that are challenging, and other days you're not. So the signs really show up um, as, okay, I am starting to feel like I don't have a lot of control. I feel like things aren't working. I'm not sure, you know, what's going on. When I listen to especially um, males, uh, fathers, um, and husbands, one thing they said to me is they would they st- started to seek help when they recognized they might be a burden to their family or their wife. That's how that's yep, that's exactly where I would go in and, my mind. I know it. And the more, the, the, I think the, the conversation that really got to me the most was the day that I was standing and, and speaking with three individual d- gentlemen at, at a convention because they were actually national speakers. And they said they started to worry they would harm their wives because they recognized that they were getting so frustrated. And they were very aware that they never, never wanted to do that. And they had no, no plans of doing that. But they recognized when they felt stressed, they needed to... They needed to be supported in a way that helped them be their better selves. Mm-hmm. So the reason I, I'm talking about this is that this experience can be very emotionally challenging. Absolutely. And that's one of the reasons we have to seek help early because it doesn't have to be if we start talking about communication and workarounds and really looking at what is it that's stressing that person and that family out and how can we deal with that in, in the ways that work for them. I'm going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some of those options. We'll continue with Heather Comstock from the Hub on Smith. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Shared. At Eliasson Financial, money management isn't just about dollars and cents. It's about dreams and opportunities, and more importantly, family. We'll take time to get to know you. Then we'll develop a unique wealth management plan that works hard, just like you. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliasson Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Get your tickets now for the 110th Wyoming State Fair and Rodeo. The Ford Grandstand Arena hosts a variety of exciting events, including the State PRCA Rodeo and Steer Roping August 17th and 18th. Morgan Evans on the 19th. Stroll the Midway Entertainment and cap the week with the Demolition Derby August 20th. Recognize the hard work of Wyoming's youth and the finest show animals in the state. 
See the full event lineup and get your tickets today at wystatefair.com. I'm Renee Botton, and I'm running for re-election as your Sheridan County Clerk of District Court. My qualifications for this position are unmatched. I have served as your district court clerk for the past three and one-half years. I have a bachelor's degree in business administration and a law degree from the University of Wyoming. I've practiced law in Sheridan for 27 years. With your help, I look forward to dedicating my experience and service to you for the next four years. Paid for by Renee Botton. I'm Gary Miller, and I'm running for Wyoming House District 29 because I absolutely love Sheridan and Wyoming and want to protect what makes them wonderful. I am a pro-life, pro-Second Amendment, conservative Republican, small government advocate. There are storm clouds forming from outside our beautiful state that will require innovative solutions. With you, I will work to maintain Wyoming's principles of hard work, independence, and equality. I'd appreciate your vote on August 16th. Paid for by friends of Gary Miller. McDonald's restaurants in Sheridan and Buffalo are currently looking to fill part-time and full-time positions. The benefits include pay of up to $15 per hour. And even better, you can work today and get paid tomorrow. Benefits include health insurance, paid vacation, tuition assistance, flexible scheduling, food discounts, and more. If part-time works better, there are a variety of part-time positions that are extremely flexible. Apply today in person. McDonald's in Sheridan and Buffalo. Hi, I'm Dr. Tom Bennett, board-certified forensic pathologist from Sheridan. I'm a candidate for coroner of Sheridan County. The coroner is the elected official responsible for investigating those sudden, violent, and unnatural deaths occurring in their county and certifying the cause and manner for those deaths. I have over 46 years of experience performing over 13,000 forensic autopsies and certifying deaths across Wyoming and in many other states. Paid for by Dr. Tom Bennett. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by our friends out there at Alliance and Financial. Joining me this morning to talk about what we can do locally regarding dementia and care is the Hub on Smith educator, Heather Comstock. We've been discussing the effects of dementia and what we can do to help uh, it recognize the onset of these disorders that cause that. Heather, once dementia has begun, what are some things that we can do to, I guess, not slow? Because there's really, as far as we know, we don't know if we can slow it, especially if we don't know the cause. But what are some of the first steps that I can take? I think about this a lot. I always say, if, I, if this was happening to, me, happening to me, what would I do? I would um, talk with my friends or family. I would say, hey, this is what I'm noticing. Are you noticing X, Y, or Z? And I would go to my medical practitioner and I would get a, 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 you know, a workup. I would want a baseline and I would want to get the best baseline I could get because there's no way of knowing, is it for me, would it be depression? Is it, is it a, a, an infection or is it really something that's, that's happening? There are types of brain change, you know, frontotemporal dementia, which happens much earlier in people's lives. And it can be pretty disruptive. Uh, that type of condition can cause people to be uh, pretty impulsive, make very quick decisions that may not be the best. And that can be very uh, confusing if you're married and you're suddenly doing things that are socially inappropriate. So it, especially if you're married and you're seeing this and you're recognizing this is out of character. That isn't John. What is he doing? Exactly. It is worth helping John by 
seeking, you know, a workup. And maybe John doesn't think there, there's a problem, and that's totally typical too. So, again, how do we gently do this without poking anybody in the eye? Um, one thing I like to, to note is that it's really important to recognize that it's not going to be one person or one department that's going to be supporting you. If you are a vet, you may have access to veteran services. You would also have access to public services. Um, oftentimes, I, I stress the importance of having someone to talk to. The person living with change needs someone to talk to. We have a group at the hub called the Harvest Group. We get together. We have conversations. Yes, you can speak with people living with dementia and brain change. The conversations are fantastic. And why do we need these conversations? Well, people are isolated and they are lonely. And, and if we don't see the person first, yes, they might have brain change, but they're still a person. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's one thing I want to bring up. I'm a little bit all over the place. I apologize. I want to stress the importance, even if there's a diagnosis, or even if there's not a diagnosis, we just know something's happening. It's so important that we continually strive to see the person past their condition. The, the technology of the human brain is far beyond anything I can understand. Even with mild or progressed dementia, pretty significant you know, change, a person is very sensitive. A person is very aware. Um, I have rarely seen a, a situation where a person does not know when they're being made fun of. Yeah, yeah. When, when a person doesn't feel shame, when a person doesn't feel anger. And so I, I love to talk with care partners about we may not be able to cure this, but we sure can figure out ways not to make it worse. Yeah. By our facial expressions, by our tonality of voice, and, and recognizing that, you know, we are continually working with how do we um, work with a person to their best ability. Like if you're making a dinner, maybe they can't make dinner, but maybe they can sit there with you and have conversation. Maybe they can um, support doing a small task. Just because a person can't do something the way they used to do it doesn't mean they can't be part of the experience. And I think that's a really interesting game changer. Once you start to, to just get in tune with the fact that, no, no one's going to change the same. Change, or no one's going to stay the same. We're all going to change. And if you know someone has a condition that is causing them to gradually, you know, their functions will continue to change and decline, it becomes our job as the care partners and the support system, and the family, to say, okay, that's a given. So how do we create a quality of life that supports where they are in this moment? How do we make it best for them? Yes, and as a care partner, you really need to seek if you're having trouble, um, you know, with this emotionally, which understandably you might be, you know, seek professional services. Find yourself a counselor. Um, at the Hub right now, something we're doing, you know, at, we're always offering workshops, but right now we're offering uh, workshops that are that's, um, talks about ambiguous loss. The series is called Finding Meaning and Hope, and it comes with a, a book, and it's going for the next um, eight weeks. And it really talks about what is it that's so hard um, for a person who's caring for someone going through this condition. What's hard is we don't even know how to label what it is, this continual amount of uncertainty. And now, add, what if you have a conflicting emotion? What if you're really upset? How do you deal with uncertainty paired with that? I think I would be really angry, Heather. I um, think I would be really angry. Right. Both parties are. And so uh, this particular workshop that's being offered now through the end of September really helps us name and label 
identify and, and really work through all these emotions, which if you're feeling, you know, pretty conflicted and you're feeling angry at your person, that doesn't always make you feel good, right? I want to say that's normal, but it is part of the process. And so there are a lot of technologies our particular community has to offer. Um, we have the support center. We have family caregiver services. Like I said, we have Goose Creek. We have so many supports that can actually make this journey easier on both parties because the person living with dementia needs support. Absolutely. The caregiver needs support. And so there becomes this support team. So when I think about what are we going to do to move forward with this, it's how do we, I, I keep using this phrase, how do we reverse engineer? How do we think about how do we do this as well as possible? Heather, how do I join that group? Uh, you know, as someone who would probably be very angry at the situation, I, I wouldn't be angry at the, the individual that I was providing care to. I would be angry that, once again, I feel like I don't have control. I feel like I can't help that much. And that's the part that would I think I would get really irritated with. This can help me with that. Yeah. How do I join this? So you can call uh, 307-461-5955. Or you can go. You can also email uh, me, hcomstock at thehubsheridan.org. You can go to the Hub's website, or you can go to um, the Dementia Friendly Wyoming website. One thing I want to stress, and just what you said there, is that um, I also, well, this department provides workshops, but I also do one-on-ones with families, and you know, just a conversation. Like Friday, I had a great conversation with a care partner late at the day, in the day. And just an hour conversation about what are you going through and, 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 okay, what do I expect next or what's the next steps? The outcome, we know what's going to happen at the end of this journey. But care partners often want to have, they want to do the best they can, right? So that's their other outcome. And what they're seeking really is what's the next steps. And that particular question is very specific to that person and that family. And so it's, that's one reason it's, such a good idea to interface with your with your resources here locally as soon as possible. Heather, I want to thank you so much for coming in today and talking with me about this. Um, I had uh, tons of questions for you, but the conversation was so good, uh, and you got everything answered. <laughs> I greatly appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. All right. When we return, we're going to speak with a candidate for the House of Representatives for the state of Wyoming. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE at 103.9 FM. Share At Eliasson Financial, money management isn't just about dollars and cents. It's about dreams and opportunities, and more importantly, family. We'll take time to get to know you. Then we'll develop a unique wealth management plan that works hard, just like you. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliasson Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Security is offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., Member FINRA, SIPC. Time for another Sheridan County Fair hourly update being presented in part by Black Tooth Large Animal Service, McDonald's, Truebill Builders, and Heartland Kubota. Day number four, Monday, first day of August, the dog show will take place this morning at the exhibit hall and the lawn today. We'll be live streaming that, so check that out on our website, SheridanMedia.com, and on our County Fair channel. You can check out lots of interviews, too, as well. All events are subject to change at a moment's notice. 
This Sheridan County Fair update has been presented in part by Heartland Kubota, McDonald's, Black Tooth Large Animal Service, and Truebill Builders. So keep listening for the daily updates every day during the fair. And make sure you go to our website, SheridanMedia.com, for the County Fair channel, live streaming schedules, photo galleries, interviews, and a lot more. Also check out our Sheridan County Fair Guide. You can pick those up around town in racks, as well as the exhibit hall. Check that out for all kinds of awesome information. This county fair update presented in part by True Belt Builders, McDonald's, Black Tooth Large Animal Service, and Harlan Kubota. Having your own business can be overwhelming. Parker Mellinger can make your life easier with payroll preparation, accounting, and tax services. Our fixed price agreement is set according to your needs and features unlimited phone calls and meetings for one monthly fee. Choose only the services you need and we will tailor them to fit your business. Call today to see how we can provide you with cost-effective solutions. Parker Mellinger, 1811 South Sheridan Avenue in Sheridan. Hi, I am Dr. Robert Bird. I'm running for the office of Sheridan County Coroner. As a combat veteran and a doctor of dental surgery, I've seen a lot of things. As a dental forensic consultant and an associate member of the Wyoming Coroner's Association and a member of the Society of Medical Death Investigators, I want to use my years of knowledge and experience to faithfully serve as your county coroner. I appreciate your vote on August 16th. This message paid for by Robert Byrd. Sheridan Orthopedic Associates continues its over 50-year tradition of surgical excellence in Northeast Wyoming and Southern Montana with the addition of Dr. Jory Wasserberger, a Wyoming native and fellowship trained at the Mayo Clinic in Orthopedic Sports Medicine. Dr. Wasserberger joined a team of highly rated surgeons providing spine, sports, hand, hip, knee, and shoulder surgery, joint replacement, and more, including emergency care 24-7, 365 days a year. Visit us at SheridanOrtho.com to learn more. Stop! Step away from that grizzly bear and leave the bison calf alone. If you're looking for the perfect memento of your trip to Wyoming, Legacy Diamond and Gems offers safe and beautiful alternatives, including Wyoming Bucking Horse and their exclusive Bighorn Mountain Jewelry. They're crafted in gold or silver and are available with any gemstone of your choice. Hurry down and see Legacy Diamond and Gems, 11 North Main Street or online at LegacyDiamondGems.com. Have you heard? Sheridan's own Vacutech is growing, and they're hiring powder coaters, machine operators, welders, and more. With great opportunities for advancement, working at Vacutech is much more than just a job, it's a career. Vacutech offers outstanding benefits, including comprehensive health, dental and vision coverage, matching 401k, paid time off, and relocation assistance. Not to mention top notch compensation. For more information and to apply, visit Vacutech's open opportunities page on their website at vacutechllc.com. There's nothing like hearing the songs you love on local radio with no subscriptions and no monthly fees. But there's a new bill in Congress that could stop the music. If passed, this bill would tax your local radio station simply to play the music you love. Text LOCAL to 52886 and ask Congress to support local radio stations. Help us keep you connected to the music, local news, weather, and traffic that you need each day. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. The Sheridan Farmer's Market is back for another great season on Grinnell Plaza with local produce, meat, eggs, coffee, baked goods, and outstanding locally handcrafted items. Every Thursday, 5 to 7 p.m., you can find the best our hardworking local producers have to offer. Special thanks to our season sponsor, First Federal Bank and Trust. 
See you Thursday on Grinnell Plaza at the Sheridan Farmer's Market. And remember, please leave your pets at home. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse. Now, running a grassroots campaign, local Sheridan business owner Robin Belinsky is running for the only Wyoming House of Representatives seat. Good morning, Miss Belinsky. Good morning, Floyd. Thank you. Uh, thank you for coming in. Now, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Just a little bit of background. Where did you grow up? Uh, education, things like that. Well, um, I am actually from North Dakota. I grew up there on a farm. I'm a farm kid. Um, I moved here in the 80s um, when my mother was uh, working for Spring Creek Coal, and I started working for other ranches here in town, as well as going to Sheridan College. Um, I ended up actually getting married here, and I went to Portland, Oregon, where I did get my paralegal degree, and worked for attorneys that did lobbying in D.C., um, so I've had I've had uh, a lot of ex, uh, different experience with different fa- uh, facets of law. So it's not like I'm just one particular uh, particular subject. It, it's it was several uh, different aspects of the law. So um, anyway, it got me started in lobbying, um, and so I did get to go to D.C. I was in the Senate, the House, and I was in the Capitol. It's very intriguing place. Um, it it only set me up for what I'm doing right now, which is kind of interesting because all of the things seems like in anyone's life uh, brings you back to being utilized in a different way. And this is this is where I'm at right now. Now, in in June, you were involved in the Republican Forum for the House of Representatives. Uh, I believe that was put on by PBS. Uh, how do you feel it went? I think it went well. Um, you know, I'm not a I'm not a politician and I'm not an attorney. Um, of course, you know, I tried to prepare as best as I could, but I've had some good feedback as well as, you know, you always get uh, folks that critique you, but uh, I also remind them that they're not the ones doing what I'm doing. Oh so, yeah, exactly. They're not so, standing up on that stage, no, right? Nope. <laughs> so that that shuts a few people down, but I'm always open for you know questions and answering folks' concerns. So. Um, but I thought it went well, and I and I had some good feedback from it. Now, how difficult has it been to juggle the duties of owning a business and running a campaign? Um, I mean, this is got this is a handful. It is, and uh, thank God for uh, being organized, <laughs> because uh, I do juggle what I can, and uh, my, my clients are very uh, considerate of you know what I'm doing and want me to actually succeed in this. So um, everybody's been really helpful as well as, uh, you know, being able to work out the timing and and get to the places I need to be for the invites and the the different uh, events that are going around the state. And if you don't mind me asking, what is the business that you own? It is Clean House. I clean houses for a living. Oh, okay. And I've had uh, clients actually tell me, well, you can clean house when you get to D.C. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Now, how do you feel that the campaign is going so far? I mean, you've got some pretty big dogs out there that you've got to fight against. I, I do, but uh, a lot of the folks that I do get to listen to and talk to across the state are not a bit uh, happy with the two uh, 
with Hagman or Cheney for this for that matter. Um, I do not like to talk about any of the candidates that are running for any office, um, but I do know what I can do, and that is to represent Wyoming to the best of my ability and be that relatable candidate. Um, these gals don't have any clue as to what the rest of us go through. They're too worried about this big fight and the egos involved. So to me, it's it's they need to just stop and and understand that this is not about them. This isn't even about President Trump. This is about representing Wyoming. Now, in what in what some have called a blow to the fight against climate change, the Supreme Court has limited how the law can be used by the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, to reduce carbon dioxide emissions from power plants. How has the current administration's energy policies affected the people of Wyoming? And what do you plan to do in the future to change or influence those policies? Well, actually, I have been involved from the get-go. I went and talked to the folks in Kemmerer, by the way, and I also stepped up to find out what we could do to actually retrain those workers or provide for the needs in those communities for any of those power plants that are scheduled to be uh, started and retrofitted for the coal mines. Um, it's been very important that we keep our resources here, and I will fight uh, everything I can because we need, we need, we don't need uh, foreign influences for our for the resources we already have here in the state. Um, I've been in touch with UW and other people to find out how are we going to retrain these people, how are we going to go forward uh, instead of bringing in actual um, folks from out of town to do the work. And that's what they've, they cannot answer that question. So I'm on it. I've been working on it, just trying to make sure we have some way of taking care of the people in those communities. When you say that they can't answer that question, you're talking about UW? UW, any, you know, like workforce services, um, even, even Terra Power can't even make, make a decent uh, proposal. They have their, you know, their marketing strategy, and that's about it. They they really don't have any anything in place. To retrain the workers. To retrain the workers or to utilize the people that are already in those communities. Um, what can be done to reduce the price of fuel for Wyoming families? Actually, let's use our own oil and gas here. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm thinking, you know, this is, this is uh, because of the Biden administration completely destroying our our country. So um, I'm thinking if we have we've got refineries here in in Wyoming, why not uh, utilize what we have? So just basically fire everything up uh, that we do have. We here. do have instead of uh, depending on China or Russia or whatever. We don't need any of this outside uh, fuel. I mean, it's kind of it's ridiculous to be honest. Now, what can be uh, done in the future to help reduce the tax burden on Wyoming residents? Uh, I have a friend. Uh, he owned a house. I think he bought the house sometime around, I want to say 2016, after he came home from a deployment. Those taxes on that property have doubled in that amount of time. So what can be done in the future to help reduce this tax burden on the families? Um. Well, first of all, this is a bubble anyway, so we have to have a cap on a percent, like a percentage. But this has been um, 
put placed upon all of us as the burden continues from the Biden administration. And so I, I'm trying to find out how we can actually cap off that that uh, extensive burden because of all of the, the property values being overinflated and people coming in and buying things over 100000 over the asking prices and not realizing that it just drives up all the property values. So um, we're working on that too, trying to figure out how to actually cap that at a percentage instead of it um, being totally on the price of the home. And, and being in the uh, owning the business that you do, I imagine that you probably talk to a lot of your clients regarding this kind of thing. What are you hearing out there? Well, they're 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 uh, more in the higher tax bracket than I am, but they they feel the the pinch as well. I mean, you know, some of these the properties are you know millions. Yeah. You know, it's not like a regular person that's still burdening over even 400,000 or better, you know. It's like uh what a one bedroom, two bedroom house is over 300 and some thousand if not more and you're going, "Really?" <laughs> that's uh not even worth that much. So to have that burden on a regular citizen that uh you know, I'm feeling the pinch cuz I'm by myself. So so uh everything I do is like it's three three times at least more expensive, so it's it's quite a burden on everybody's household that can't afford these extra expenses. And you said you said something about the asking for like or requesting some sort of cap. Yeah. Uh, how would that work? Um, that's what I'm trying to find out because this is this is all in the works. So, but we have to find a percentage instead of it being okay. This is the whole amount because the this, these housing prices are going to drop. And, you know, it's going to be back to almost normal, if not, you know, I don't, I don't know. Just it's it's a bubble. So we can't go by what the inflated price is. We've got to make it a more reasonable tax burden instead of it being overinflated. What are your thoughts on the Russian invasion of Ukraine? I think it's a money laundering situation myself. Um, democracy is great, but when when there's billions and billions of dollars being sent there, uh, and then our own community makes a, a point of sending more over there, when we have our own people in this community that need some help in uh, you know staying in their homes, for instance, um, I actually brought that up when when I found out they were doing this. I said, could we partner, maybe do something to help our own community? not just Ukraine. But the Ukrainian situation, I believe, is is, is a money laundering situation. That's, really that's a pretty serious allegation. It is. Uh, money laundering against uh, by who? By the Biden administration, to be honest. I, I think all that money is being just circulated back. And, and, it's, and it's aggravating to think that. But you know what? We got to be smart about this and, and know that this isn't just a humanitarian effort. So essentially, uh, and I just want to be clear about this, um, you're accusing the Biden administration of possibly laundering money through the Ukrainian war. Yeah, basically. I even said that on the on the um, on the debate. Okay, China's influence on the global market has been expanding since 2002. Uh, what are your thoughts on the expansion and growth, and how can the United States remain an industrial leader against a socialist ideology competing in a free market? 
First of all, we need to bring back business to our own country. Um, a lot of things have been outsourced. And the more that we buy Chinese goods, um, the more we're going to be beholden to that country. Um, we have plenty of, of uh, manufacturing availability to this country that needs to be fired back up and or incentivized to actually utilize. We have better products here anyway. Uh, why not utilize what we have here? And, you know, uh, a lot of people in other countries do like our products from the United States and Wyoming products as well. So, Now, what are your thoughts on the American Rescue Plan Act? I don't think we've been rescued. I think we've been destroyed. <laughs> we're, we're, we're being destroyed every day. So um, every everything that's been put in place, even with the, uh, uh, you call them the stimulus money, we're paying for it and then some. So, And in just in a minute, um, because I want to give you two minutes to actually talk to the voters, and I don't have a lot of time left. Um, how does the Constitution and the government, officials' oath to that document, play in representation in the House? It plays a huge role because we have to stick to the Constitution. It is not a uh, negotiable document. It is it is how we live by our, the rules in this state, this state as well as the country. And yes, we do need to stick by the Constitution. Okay, ma'am, I want to give you just a couple minutes. Go ahead and say whatever you would like to the voters, and Trevor's going to let me know when we have to queue up. Okay. Good morning, everyone. I am Robin Belinsky. I'm running for the U.S. House of Representatives here in Wyoming. I would ask for your vote. I am the relatable candidate in this race. I'm already working for you as uh, as a actual voter and, and resident of the state and also a citizen of the United States. So um, as far as I know, the the rules to uh, actually run for this position is not to be a rocket scientist. It's just someone w with a willingness to actually represent we the people, and that's what I am doing right now. So I would ask for your vote. Please look at uh, my website, freedom4wyoming.org, and thank you. All right, ma'am. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, I want to wish you all the best of luck going forward in the campaign. Um, you know, one seat in the House of Representatives, and there's a lot of people contending for it. Thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sure. Financial money management isn't just about dollars and cents. It's about dreams and opportunities, and more importantly, family. We'll take time to get to know you. Then we'll develop a unique wealth management plan that works hard, just like you. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. I'm Jimmy Fallon, inviting you to join me weekdays from 10 to 1 on Fox Across America on News Talk 930 KROE, and you better not miss it. 
Time for another Sheridan County Fair hourly update being presented in part by Black Tooth Large Animal Service, McDonald's, Trueville Builders, and Heartland Kubota. Day number four, Monday, first day of August, the dog show will take place this morning at the exhibit hall and the lawn today. We'll be live streaming that, so check that out on our website, SheridanMedia.com, and on our County Fair channel. You can check out lots of interviews, too, as well. All events are subject to change at a moment's notice. This Sheridan County Fair update has been presented in part by Heartland Kubota, McDonald's, Black Tooth Large Animal Service, and Truebill Builders. So keep listening for the daily updates every day during the fair. And make sure you go to our website, ShedaMedia.com, for the County Fair channel, live streaming schedules, photo galleries, interviews, and a lot more. Also check out our Sheridan County Fair Guide. You can pick those up around town in racks, as well as the exhibit hall. Check that out for all kinds of awesome information. This county... Fair update presented in part by True Belt Builders, McDonald's, Black Tooth Large Animal Service, and Harlan Kubota. I'm your digital pro, Kim Commando. You're listening to News Talk 930 KROE. The owners and staff at Kane's Funeral Home would like to thank the families of Sheridan and Johnson counties for choosing Kane's and allowing them to serve you during these hard times. Kane Funeral Home makes it their mission to take the stress and uncertainty out of ceremonial services. They own and operate the only crematory in Sheridan County, so your loved one is always in their care. Kane's Funeral Home. Call 673-5837 or visit them online at canefuneral.com. Hi, I'm Katie Aris, and I'm running to serve the people of Sheridan County as treasurer. With a bachelor degree in finance, my professional experience as a staff accountant at the accounting firm Parker Mellinger and Sheridan Hospital, along with five years' experience at Sheridan County, makes me the most qualified candidate. If elected, I personally commit to a high level of transparency, efficiency, and accountability. My personal integrity and professional experience will continually foster successful fiscal overview of Sheridan County. Vote for me, Katie Aris, for Sheridan County Treasurer. Paid for by Katie Aris. Stop! Step away from that grizzly bear and leave the bison calf alone. If you're looking for the perfect memento of your trip to Wyoming, Legacy Diamond and Gems offers safe and beautiful alternatives, including Wyoming Bucking Horse and their exclusive Bighorn Mountain Jewelry. They're crafted in gold or silver and are available with any gemstone of your choice. Hurry down and see Legacy Diamond and Gems, 11 North Main Street or online at LegacyDiamondGems.com. 103.9 FM is News Talk 930, KROE, Sheridan. KROE, Sheridan. 